Hey y'all, welcome back to Doing It All with Justin M. I'm Jessica. And I'm Emily. And today we have a super special guest that we're so excited to have on. One of our good friends from college, Paloma Power, is on to tell us about what she is currently doing as a working actor and designer. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited. But before we start asking Paloma a bunch of questions, we of course have to do our happies and crappies. Um, So my crappy was... Um, we had ordered two new LED uplights for the theater department that I direct at and they came in and one was like broken. Like I opened it up and it was broken, like shattered. So that was devastating. Um, but then my happy was the other one worked amazing and it was gorgeous. (laughs) They go together. (laughs) All about balance. (laughs) real I can go next yeah um my crappy is that chonk has been very bad recently chonk is my cat if anyone does not know who chonk is and yeah he's just not been the best cat me and Brandon have been trying to figure out ways to get him to chill out we were still figuring it out hopefully he gets better he has his days but this past weekend he was really really bad but I digress We still love him, though. He's still very cute. My happy is, besides Chonk being a little naughty this weekend, I had a very good weekend. We just got to relax, and I got to cat sit a friend's cat, so I got to see a different kitty, and we did a bunch of walking around, took the train like a true Chicagoan a bunch of times, and yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, My crappy is that I have awful cramps right now. And did yesterday also. So I love being a woman. It's great here. But that's okay. <laughs> um, we're pushing through. But my happy is that on Saturday, my cousin and her husband, they had an extra kitchen table, I guess, that his parents just was like, here you go. And they were like, we have a kitchen table already. <laughs> and so she was like, do you need a kitchen table? Because we just moved. And I was like, Yes, we do. And she was like, get it out of my house. So she brought it over. Her and Avery brought it over to our house. And we had chili and a little charcuterie moment. And it's been nice and chilly out here in the South, which has been amazing. Because literally a week ago, it was 80 degrees. So it's nice to have. Some nice chilly weather. It's been since last Tuesday. It has been a little fall, winter moment. I mean, our high is in like the 60s, which I know both of y'all are like, that's nothing. Like that was our September, but <laughs> but it's it's super great because I feel like it's finally nice and tis the season. All the things. So the high today is 27. <laughs> um. <laughs> our high is 37 our low is 18 we had yeah, snow yesterday yeah it snowed yesterday here yeah. as well oh just kidding the high is 29 the low is also 18 here Chilly. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm jealous. I want snow. it was flurrying today this morning i kind of think that we it's going to be a really cold winter here in texas because this summer was 
stupid hot. Like it was two months straight where we were, our highs were in the hundreds. Two months straight. So usually either when there's a hurricane or a flood, it snows or when we have a super, super hot summer, it'll snow. So who knows? Maybe you'll have a white Christmas. (laughs) Doubtful. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Okay, so now we get to interview Paloma. Some of you who are listening may know Paloma. Some of you may not. But because some people who don't know, Paloma, can you just introduce yourself and kind of tell us how you got into theater um, and what you are doing now? Yeah. I am an actress, um, costume designer, director, and choreographer, all professionally. I got into theater when I was 12, and we did at Omaha Community Playhouse, they did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I was a child in it, and it was amazing. (laughs) So I've stuck with it. I knew this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> so you like knew you wanted to do it. I feel like we all, after our first show, we were like, I'm doing this forever and ever, amen. Like, <laughs> for sure. For yeah, real. So then it's just like you take all the classes and audition for everything and just do as much as you can. Why did you choose Wesleyan for college? So. I had made it to, um, so I competed at state for, I think they call it ITF now, but it was ITS back when I was in school. And I was the only one from my school to make it to state. So I actually went, no, I made it to internationals. I, I got a superior at state, so I got to go to internationals. So I went with another school. I just like went along. Um, with a bunch of strangers in order for me to go compete at internationals, which at that time was in Lincoln, our way anyway. Mm-hmm. So I auditioned there. You get like a minute and 30 seconds to do whatever you want in front of at that time. We had 90 colleges there. They're just a giant room at UNL. Um, and then I got 13 college callbacks from that, which was a big deal for a basic girl like me. (laughs) So then I narrowed it down from there and to like four that that I liked and I site visited all of them. And Wesleyan wasn't like, I got callback for them, but it wasn't even at the top of my list because I was like, I want to get out of Nebraska. Um, But when I site visited it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It felt like home to me. And it reminded me of like, so the high school I went to is also like, a small private school and it reminded me of the same kind of energy. Um, so it just felt right. And I had Brady Vignes and Ellie that went there already. And Brady was a big contributing factor. Same with Ellie. And so they knew I was coming in as a freshman and um, they were both involved in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I did decide to go there, then they had talked to Jack and Joan and I got to go in, do um, spotlight for Chicago, which was just so fun. It's something I'd never done before. And I seen that show was like, okay, I'm in the right spot. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then like knowing that there was more opportunity to be on stage was a big thing. Um, 
to like because they said they did like 50 shows a year mm-hmm. like that includes like the student shows and everything but that was just I learned better from doing and yeah. so I felt like I would I would excel more in that atmosphere than maybe being in one show a year you know elsewhere yeah. so true Boston was not at the top of my list at all because I was like Nebraska <laughs> what yeah but scholarships and I'd like the again like you said like the idea of being able to always do a show is so appealing and honestly I think it still like really sets the department apart I tell people that I've done theater with here in Houston like oh yeah my college did x amount of shows a year and they were like yeah what? they're like <laughs> I was in three shows all of college so it's crazy yeah yeah I always think like regardless of you know experiences that we had highs and lows in college like that is something that is Mm -hmm. cool so well another thing that I'm telling my students now is like to me because they're looking at colleges for me it was important to get a BFA in musical theater not just a BA and so that also helped me narrow down my choices and so Westlane was one of those places that I could get a BFA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just, it all came together. And like, yeah, like you said, there, there were definitely lows, but there were also some highs. And then like the connections that we made there, um, like this one with JMO and Emily, <laughs> <laughs> still have carried through this many years later, which is really freaking cool. So yeah, I agree for sure. We always end up, we're, exactly where we need to be at certain parts of life even if we don't well you go ahead Jess I was gonna say what are you doing now but you can well I was gonna say like you've mentioned a little bit about like your students and directing like do you want to talk about that first like what you're doing with all that yeah so last year I got a job at Gross Catholic High School go Cougars. It was just some circumstances and they worked out in my favor. So um, got hired on to direct their shows and it's been a blast. This year is like, it's so exciting because we have this group of kids that are just like, they've already had a year with me. So now they're just like excited about everything and they understand how I work and you know, that they can trust that everything's going to be epic <laughs> and it's just really epic. So um, what's nice about that job is I'm just directing. So um, I can choose when their shows are based off of around my schedule. Oh, nice. <laughs> so like last year, for example, I had um, a show, a contract in Texas um for October like September October um so I put their play in August and so we had like auditions and everything in the summer and the show went up before I was like in September is when it went before I left or something this year I had a contract through September from like July or July through September so then I pushed their play back until November. <laughs> so it's kind of worked out where um I can mess with that cuz my busy season acting is in the fall mostly. 
um, that whole first semester. Um, and the play is easier to move around for sure. So then come spring, I, I mostly just pick the musical based off of what the school schedule is and then hope that my contracts don't conflict, but you can't always have it perfect. (laughs) Well, that's really nice that you do have that kind of flexibility where you're able to do. Yeah, for sure. Love. Yeah. And then my other day job is I nanny a great military family and they are super flexible with my schedule. I'm always like, Hey, I got a contract. Can I go? And they're like, yes, do it. (laughs) And then whenever I come back, I just immediately can go back to work, which is just outstanding. And I'm very grateful for that. I've been with them since 2020 and I, I know that I'm privileged to have them. So very grateful for that. That's awesome. Hey, yeah. Well, what are you doing now with acting and mm-hmm. running and costuming? Tell us a little so, bit about that. I am costuming for Brian Cloudus Experiences, BCE. <laughs> um, it's really fun. So it allows me to work from home so I can be here and do stuff for gross. Um, and yeah, all my other jobs. Um, but then I can also design their costumes and do the sizing and shipping and everything from where I'm at, which is really fun. I work really closely with Brian on that. He usually sends me a vision board and then I go through the character breakdown and I just use the vision board and I I come up with my own mock-ups of what I think would be cool but I'm always like, what is tangible? Like what is actually possible for us to have? Um, And then we go back and forth a little bit and we tweak things. And then once we settle on a design, then, then I just go from there and I order it all and size it all and communicate with the actors. And it's like a whole mess, but it's good mess. So we just finished designing Nutcracker. Their show goes up on Wednesday is their opener. Um, and that's a traveling one. So that one starts in Virginia. And then that same core cast of five will travel to Texas and do Nutcracker there. And then now for costuming, I'm currently working on a Christmas Carol experience. All of his things are experiences. So they're like an hour long. So you can do a couple a night. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is in Kentucky, Alabama, and Texas. And those are coming up real fast. So we're trying to get those knocked out. But yeah, it's it's really fun. I did um, Edgar Allan Poe experience back in October, the design for that. And that was in Alabama, Texas, and Virginia. And then I did Gilligan's Island, even though I was in the show too, and that one was in Maryland, and that one was epic. That was my first one. So it's been really fun. It's a new thing that I didn't know I was ever going to do. Remember I worked in the costume shop at Wesleyan? So, like, like freshman year, sophomore year? Um, no, like um, sophomore through senior year. You did, I did box box office for Christmas Carol, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did box office for, like, freshman and sophomore year 
sophomore I did both. It was like wild. But I think that set me up pretty well because yeah. then For real. Well, like, on a lot of acting contracts, they they ask if anybody can be a mender. And then if you can sew or something, then you get an extra pay on top of your regular contract. But then – so then you, you're in charge of costumes basically on site. So uh, at least through what I've done because um, a lot of times there's a designer and then there's – they don't want to send the designer because they're doing other stuff, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. then they find a local person to take care of the costumes. So they'll do all the washings, the steaming, and the mending of whatever. So I've been lucky enough to do that for almost every contract I've had which is just nice because it gives you a little bit extra. And I was set up because I remember the first one I did, they asked that I was the only one that knew how to sew. And I think that was because of Wesley and that's where I learned to do it. (laughs) So that helped me out. I don't know. It's just wild how things all work out. It is. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. It's cool that you like really get to use your experience that you literally learned in school and applied to real life. Love that. Simon and Rebecca. <laughs> For real. Oh my gosh. Love Simon. I still try to try to connect with him every once in a while. He's doing big things. So Yeah, he is. I would love to have him on the podcast. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? <laughs> it would be a that would be so fun. That would be. It'd be I'm fabulous. <laughs> Simon, if you're listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I will say because of Simon and Rebecca, I never had a bad costume in college. It's true. T. Got it. Um, you've been working with Brian for like three years, four years, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Pre-COVID. So about his yeah his company. So I got, so I, you remember I graduated early from Wesleyan and then I moved to New York that second semester, what would have been the second semester of my last year. Um, and I booked my first contract within like a month of being there. And that was the unto these Hills in North Carolina. And that was a four month contract. So by the time that one was up, which was, I want to say, August, um, they were having auditions in North Carolina for Brian Cloudus experiences. He had come to North Carolina and he was putting up Sleepy Hollow in the same venue, like the same theater that I had just done Unto in um, for September and October. And so I had um, the assistant director from Unto reached out to me and one other girl in the Unto cast and said, you two need to go audition. Um, and I, so I just waited on my plane ticket until I auditioned. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll go audition. Didn't know anything about it, but everybody's like, Brian's really big deal. You need to go show up, get your face in front of him. Um, so then I did my research and I found out that like he had New York times, articles written about him saying he was bigger than Broadway and all kinds of good publicity and seeing what he did. I was like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. Okay. I mean, 
I'll shoot my shot. <laughs> so I just went in for the audition. Um, and it was the weirdest audition I think I've ever had, but also like the most impactful, you know? Um, and I ended up getting cast as the understudy, the, the female understudy for Sleepy Hollow that year. And then as like a dancer, they're called like critters, but they're like these creepy, like masked things. They just dance basically and <laughs> they're people. Um, and then because I had danced with fire for Unto These Hills, I was really good at working with fire because I had just done it for four months. So he wanted to have pyrotechnics and fire in the Sleepy Hollow since we were in that same location. So I was in charge of fire too. I was the fire girl. <laughs> so I had like a bunch of jobs. And then that was my first time doing costumes was for that one too. So um, not design, but for mending. And so I had my hands and everything as much as I could be involved. Yeah. I wanted to be there. And then because I was understudying the girl tracks, I got to be at all the rehearsals. Um, even if I wasn't, they were like, you don't have to be here. I would still show up because yeah. I just wanted my face um, in front of everybody. And I wanted to be involved. Like it was just like, I don't know. It was something like I had never seen before. Yeah. And I just, I was trying to absorb as much knowledge as I could from Brian, like the things that he would say and see, like I was trying to see his vision all the time. And, and then seeing the end product, I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing. So yeah, so 2019. And then since then, it's just been a roller coaster, which yeah. has been awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I feel like also you you know, like you said, like being there and like absorbing everything. I think that also makes a, a really great impression. Yeah. Uh, to kind of show how your work ethic and your commitment to everything and probably made a great impression on Brian, who mm -hmm. I know you like call a friend now. So I love him. Yeah. He's one of my best friends, to be honest. Like that, that like relationship has just built you know to even like when there is no show going on like we're still chatting and just having a good time um now he's he's an incredible person so very grateful for that whole friendship and how it all started it's just wild yeah super cool yeah well another big trick that I've taught my students that I learned from Unto These Hills there was a professor like a theater professor that was an actor in Unto These Hills. He said, every audition you have, send an email afterwards thanking them for the audition. Like, tell them if it was a good experience or whatever. And because it'll put your name in front of them again. And then um, after any show, if you had a good experience, like send them an email and thank them for the show. Um, because it's just, it's, it's this whole thought of like gratitude. I mean, people like to be uh, thanked. They like to be appreciated, you know? And so changing your mindset to be like, okay, what would I appreciate? I would appreciate an email, you know? <laughs> so I started doing that and I, I don't know, I think that's worked in my favor, but also I tell my students to do that because it's just like, that was such a mind flip for me to realize, oh yeah, this is a business. And thinking of everything as a business versus just um, 
my own selfish mindset. It's like, okay, what's the big picture and how can I be of value to them in their business? Um, Because it is kind of like selling yourself, you know, like Mm -hmm. they have to put a value on you that is more than anybody else in order for them to use you. You know what I mean? Cast you and stuff. This isn't the same thing, but do you remember how in college after every like um, after every call email we got from our stage manager or like any email we got, we would always have to say thank you. Yeah. On the last show that I had just done, apparently I was the only one that ever sent a thank you back to the calls. And I guess the stage manager didn't really know why. And I realized that I was the only one doing it. And I was like, wait, nobody else does this like then I was like why not what do you mean nobody else is sending you like I think you got it (laughs) like see it tomorrow um and everyone kind of was then questioning me like why do you because it's the nice thing to do Mm -hmm. because then they know you read your email like then they know they got you got the email you know you're supposed to be there it's a respect thing and that, that that goes a long ways I mean same here. I've been told before that I was the only one responding to like your rehearsal reports. And I was like, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. That's he loved it though. He was like, I look forward to your, e-. like uh, toward the end, I started forgetting. And then I felt kind of awkward because I was the only one. But if nobody had told me that I was the only one, I would have just kept doing it because that's yeah. what I thought was the professional, that I thought it was the professional thing to it's do. The professional thing. It yeah. is. Yeah. So I, was it just made me very I wonder what other people do how many people are actually responding back to the and teaching my students as well I'm like I sent you an email you need to respond to it and say got it thank you they even have the advantage of just thumbs upping an email and I get a notification for it I'm like just do that just so I know that you've got it and like you've communicated with your parents and all that stuff I was I told them you know, using your email, that's how the world operates. If you don't know your email, like you you don't know if you got a job. You don't know if you got into college. <laughs> you know, it's how how everything works. So it's like the little things that from your experience, from our experience that we get to teach our students now. Yeah, and it's just training them to be good people anyway. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So all of Brian's, I don't want to call them shows because they're experiences. What is the main difference with his experiences and traditional theater? How can you, how can you describe that to someone who does not know what his experiences are like? So he does do full musicals sometimes. Like he did Into the Woods this last spring and he did Gilligan's Island, the musical which is a legit musical. <laughs> I didn't know until I got cast. I was like, oh, how did you research? <laughs> so everything, I was like, this is a musical? Yeah. That's it's so- silly. It's fun. Yeah. But so even when he does musicals, he makes them immersive. Mm-hmm. But that all comes back to what you're asking about experiences. So experiences are like an hour-long show where your audience is on their feet and they like move with the actors. 
So like I could exp- – I'll explain Sleepy Hollow in Texas because um, that venue was very on its feet. Um, we had a – like a block of like a neighborhood basically. It was like a corner lot and it was some old historic house. He always finds venues that have like meaning or it has to match the story somehow. Um that way it's more real. So it was like this old historic mansion and then behind it was a big field and then on the other side of that field was or like yeah was a historic church. And so it was all on one block. And so we started in front of the mansion and that was the first scene and the audience was just standing outside watching everybody on the front porch like singing their hearts out and then they all follow you and you they follow you clear over to the church and then they're all inside the church standing there and watch the scenes happen around them and with them and we always make sure that we are including the audience so we'll look at them right in the eyes and like you know sing to them make them clap along like whatever we need to do uh, make jokes at them you know um and then from there, after the church scene, we would go to the frolic, which was the courtyard behind the mansion. So we'd go back the other way and people would kind of sit there, stand around there and we'd dance with them and everything. And then we made a bridge basically across the field and we we're like, go to the bridge, <laughs> follow Ichabod. And they all stand on either side of the bridge. And they watch the real horse come through and that whole scenario and it's just really it's really magical to like have real horses and real animals and to have the actors right in front of your face versus a fourth wall there is no fourth wall in his experiences and I think that's why people like them because not very many people nowadays want to sit through a three-hour production They'd rather just have a short little experience and then they can go have fun afterwards. (laughs) So that's, I mean, that's kind of the difference there. Um, But even when he did Into the Woods, there was seating. And instead of the act, like the audience coming around the actors and following them through, the actors went around the audience and was mingling with them in between, even for that show. And that was that was so cool. And they had a real cow for Milky White and real horses for the princes. It's just like a real chicken. Like everything, it's just, everything was just like real. And I, you don't get that on a stage because, you know, it's a stage. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like you said, people don't always really want to sit through a three hour long production anymore. Yeah. I think especially in like the age that we're in, our attention spans a little bit shorter. And so when things are a little bit longer, I think it makes theater less appealing. Yeah. I think that also theater is getting kind of ha huh, don't cancel me for saying this, y'all. <laughs> I think theater is getting like a little bit stale. It's just what it's all about how high you can belt. It's all about, you know, movie movies turning into musicals. And, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And 
I, I love Mean Girls. I love Legally Blonde. I love a jukebox musical. Those are some of my favorite shows, but there's nothing really these days where we're there in the theater and it's making us really think and have a conversation about something that's going on or it's new and creative. And I mean, I've followed Brian because you've told me about him. I feel like every single time I see him posting something new or there's all these different things on like the Instagram account and it's just so innovative. And I think that's what the world needs right now. I think that we really need something that's different and exciting and things that we haven't really seen before, things that we don't really think of theater as. And I mean, there's been a whole market for immersive theater for a while, but what he's doing with it just sounds amazing, like truly, and bringing it, like you said, he brings things to more royal, I can't say that word. Rural areas. (laughs) Yeah, he likes to find, he calls them site-specific locations. So they're not your typical theater venues and they're not usually in a big city. They're usually in an outskirts of a city or a smaller town that doesn't really have theater. And so bringing this big show is something new and exciting for the whole town and sister towns. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely unlike anything else. Um, And then with them being experiences, he is taking old stories and like when he did Edgar Allan Poe, like the poems that he wrote or whatever from like public domain. And then he's creating a, his own script. Mm -hmm. And so they're his shows, you know, um, that he makes into experiences. So his Christmas Carol, it takes the classic Charles Dickens, but then he makes his own story from that. Um, and they're usually like smaller casts, like his experiences are usually like a core cast of like five, sometimes seven actors. Um, and then that's it. And then they'll supplement with like ensemble, um, depending on like the venue, if it's needed or not, there's like lots of scene changes, that kind of stuff. Um, then the actors usually will play all their own instruments and um sometimes there's tracks it just depends on the venue too but there's always fog and there's always a bold lip everybody has a red lip (laughs) (laughs) you can always count on that with a bce show (laughs) uh so because all these experiences are site um specific what is it like traveling and being away from home and all that fun stuff um so usually his shows he casts for location the exception is like this nutcracker show is an actual traveling cast but that's not usually what it is he'll just cast different casts for each location so then you either fly or you drive there and then he provides actor housing and then you stay with the actors and that's the whole experience having roommates. <laughs> it's like weird when you don't have roommates anymore and then you go back to having them for like a month yeah. or so. Um, but you, they're always good experiences. Like he only casts good people. So like, you know that you're always going to be okay. <laughs> um, and he gives you nice houses too. <laughs> so you just, 
I usually drive because I like to have my car, my freedom. Um, so Texas is like an 11 hour yeah. drive yeah. for me. And then um, Maryland, we did that one. That one was 16 hours. So we broke that one up in a few days. Um, and what worked out for that one, it was my husband is a travel nurse. Well, he's a nurse. And then he got a travel nurse contract for West Morgantown, West Virginia. So we ended up getting a house there and staying there. So I didn't have to stay in the after housing. Um, and I just drove to Maryland an hour every time I had a show. It worked out really well because we could be together, but I, we could both do our jobs. So that was fun. Um, I love the travel because it's like, it gets you in a new spot. And I've always liked to be somewhere new and different. And um, North Carolina, I flew to and flying's fine, but it just really limits you, like your freedom once you're there. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't pick that. <laughs> um, but yeah, then you just kind of like, live your normal life. I guess the only thing is like taxes though. So at the end of the year, when you do taxes, you have to do it for each state too. Yeah. So that's where it can get a little complicated, but I don't know. I figured it out every time. Um, one year I had like four different states I had to deal with. So I did use an accountant that year. <laughs> so I was not about to try to tackle that, <laughs> but, oh, it sucks to be away from family. But also, like, usually the contracts are, like, a month, maybe two. So it's not that not that terrible, you know? I think and it's really your family comes to shows. Yeah. I think it's really cool that Ryan has the advantage to travel with you. Mm -hmm. Because I know, like, being away from your husband sucks. I, your partner, like, it is really hard. So, yeah. I mean, Zach and I did long distance all of college and when we lived in, when I lived in New York. So I think I've always asked him how he felt about me auditioning for things that were out of the city or out of the state. And he's, of course, like super supportive. Like I know Ryan's super supportive of you too. And that's really important in a life partner is, you know, encouraging each other. But Zach is very... Like, he has to stay in Houston for his job. He can't travel. So the fact that Ryan can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. You travel nurse when you're in a contract for X amount of time is really, really neat. And y'all get to experience that together. Yeah, yeah, like, living in West Virginia was, that was one of our favorite experiences we've had so far as a couple. Same thing as you. Like, we did a lot of distance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we dating in college. So then all of New York, he wasn't there, all of my other travels. So then mm -hmm. when I was traveling a lot in 2019, um, like I was gone all the time, we had a deal of like, we had to see each other every three months. So it was like one of us would go to the other place. Usually he just came to me because I was always on a contract. <laughs> but like, that was like our deal. And then, you know, you do what you got to do. And it worked out. We never had any problems. But it is really nice now that we do have the option where he can travel with. And, like, we had Nugget with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I don't know. It's just, it's exciting and it it gives a lot it gives a lot more like options. Now, um, if I did a shorter contract than than the Maryland one, mm-hmm. I'd probably just do it. Yeah, because it because he's on a contract too for travel nursing, so it it's like usually like sixteen weeks or something. We had negotiated it down so it was like ten weeks, I think, something like that. So it matched up better with what mine was, but that's not always going to happen. So. Yeah. Especially I feel like, like we'll probably be in Houston most of our lives because of Zach's job. So I feel like when you do like live in one place and you can go live somewhere else for X amount of time, it's really like take advantage of that. Like that is what is so cool about what you're doing and Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, of course, like summer stock and things like that, that also exist where people go do that all the time. So that is like, I know that's one of my goals is to be doing like summer stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so neat. Because I also have to get out of this Texas heat in the summer. It is not it. Let me tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> We only have one more bullet point that we wanted to talk about, and that's just having you share the importance of your connection with Brian, or I guess just the importance of any connections that you've made throughout any of your past gigs or all that. So I always remember what Jack would always say about making connections and then keeping that in your network because you never know for later. I think about that a lot because um, things come back around. It's just weird how everybody comes back into life again. So um, that was just a thought. <laughs> With Brian, um, he's one of my best friends. So, um, I mean, I value that that relationship more than just as a director and actor, costume person, whatever. Um, like I, I actually take an interest in his life. I actually care about him and his family. And, um, so I don't know, that connection has definitely grown. Um, but also I think the big thing, like even thinking like at gross and directing there is like, you have to make yourself valuable to everybody, but also stay kind but also don't let yourself be taken advantage of. And that's a really hard thing to find the balance in. Um, Sometimes I still struggle with it. And I'm like, do I sound annoying right now? Like (laughs) sending emails is like such a big thing for me because I I always question myself. But um, I think from what I've experienced, it's better to over-communicate than not. And I would, I prefer people who over communicate over anybody who's like, it's like talking to a brick wall. Like, did you receive my email? You know, like kind of back what we talked about before. Um, and being on the production side right now with BCE, I've definitely experienced that of like, why isn't somebody responding to my email? I have to have your size in order to like give you a costume. <laughs> and so I'm seeing the other side of, show which is also interesting um 
but um my relationship with Brian is great. I love him to death. He always he taught me um the concept of is it better to have four quarters or a hundred pennies? And like in the concept of like friends, you know. Yeah. Um, you can have a hundred friends, but they could all be like surface level, not worth much, you know. That's what it is. Or you could have four really solid, great friends who you have a deep connection with, they're worth a ton to you. Um, and which one would you pick? And I would definitely pick four quarters every time. And I mm-hmm. that has always stuck with me. And that's also helped me with being okay with people not liking me. Because there's always going to be people who – there's always going to be people who don't like you. And there's always going to be people who do like you. And that goes with, like, casting and everything. Like, you will get told no a bunch for, like, no reason. Yeah. Ever. And it's just because, like, oh, they don't like you. They like the other person more. Like, (laughs) and just making yourself have this, like, wall in your brain of, like, oh, okay. It's just not not today. It's not fit for now. It's like, okay, got it. Moving on. Next thing. Um, So I learned all that from Brian, and I'm really grateful for that because um, he's he's very loyal, and he's a very good guy. And so um, I don't know. I just feel like if you treat people with respect and like loyalty and value, if you like show them that you value them, that they're going to value you more back, you know? So I don't know. It's been, I mean, I'll never, I'll never like take it for granted for sure. Really grateful for that whole connection and how it all started is just so weird and crazy, but like my first audition, I kind of talked about earlier with him, was weird because I'll never forget he asked me, like I I was doing a scene with the guy that ended up playing Brom and um, I was reading for Katrina and he like goes, be dead. Because <laughs> like the whole concept is we would come back to life um, to tell the story of Sleepy Hollow. And so we were technically dead and I had never been told to be dead. So like trying to figure out how to act dead, but also like act. It's <laughs> like the craziest like audition ever. Cause you never get feedback in auditions. No. And he mm-hmm. gave me feedback. Oh, wow. So yeah. <laughs> like that definitely sticks with you. I don't know. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. I love that concept of four quarters and a hundred pennies. That's really mm-hmm. cool. So true too. It helps you cut out the mess a little bit. And then you don't you don't get if you're like me, you don't get in your head as much about maybe some penny people. <laughs> That's a great yeah. way to put it though. Yeah. I definitely get in my head. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I know that Ryan, my husband, he's a quarter, obviously. Yeah. So I really value his opinion. I really care what he thinks. But maybe a, a penny person, a penny friend of mine, I'm like, oh, okay, I hear you. And then that's it. Like, I don't have to agree with it, but I, I can hear what they're saying. Yeah. But I don't I don't take it to heart, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's that helps me mentally <laughs> in theater. So. Yeah, for sure. It is definitely a business where you are 
getting dragged down more than you're getting built up. So I think we all knew that going into it, but it's still challenging and can create a lot of anxiety and struggle uh, internally when I think as actor humans, we want to be liked. It is just who we are in general at our core, um, unfortunately. And so really learning to not take it, like taking it with a grain of salt is really to learn. And on top of that, I feel like it's so important for actors, like when they are on a contract to go have fun. Mm -hmm. Like you do have time off when you're not doing a show that night. Like um, usually, usually for Brian, it's like, Wednesday through Sunday are shows and that can change depending on the show and then you'll have like a couple shows a night if it's an experience um and then at least that's that's what um Gilligan's Island was it was Wednesday through Sunday so then we had Monday and Tuesday off every week and so it's like you have an entire day and an entire night to do whatever you want so like yeah let's go on a hike let's go whitewater rafting like let's go do things you know um and that that's where it's fun to like experience the place that you're at um that like you wouldn't get to do otherwise and then plus those other days you don't have a show till that night and so you have the whole day to do something or relax or do work if you have another job or whatever so it's finding that balance but I definitely think it's better to like experience the world around you rather than just like stay in the actor housing and like stay in the bubble and never leave, you know, but, and plus these locations, the, the people in the towns are excited that these actors are there. So if you put yourself out in the town, they're like, Oh my gosh, I saw the show. That was so fun. Oh, here's a free coffee. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Yeah. I remember talking to you a little bit about Gilligan's Island and you were saying how people would just like recognize y'all all the time at because it was at a like resort. Kind yeah. Of. Oh. So it was at Wisp Resort. It's like the sister resort to Wintergreen. Wintergreen is in Virginia. But Wisp is in Maryland. And it's like on the top of a mountain. A really cool town. They have like Deep Creek Lake. It's a giant, giant lake. And the people there are just so chill and laid back. And um, they had a coffee shop that we'd go to like every day because we we're all coffee fanatics as you are in theater. Mm-hmm. And they had created a whole Gilligan's Island menu like themed around our show. And so I'd go in there and order the Marianne or whatever. Um, but it was also for me specifically, I feel like more people recognized me just because my face was on the the big billboards and the, all the advertisement. So they would see my face and be like, wait, you're in that, you're that girl. Yes, I am. So people would just call me Marianne around town. They never knew my actual name, <laughs> but I was okay with that. <laughs> so that was fun versus like when I was in Texas, you would like leave the show and you'd still have all your dead makeup on. You'd go to Taco Bell or whatever. <laughs> and um, those drive through people were like, oh, you had a show tonight. I'm like, yep. <laughs> They'd see you so often <laughs> with your dead makeup on. 
<laughs> wild. You kind of just learn not to care a lot. So like you'll maybe go to Walmart with all of your done makeup on and you just yeah. don't care. Mm-hmm. Like one of those days, you know. <laughs> I remember like and cringing so hard thinking back at this, but in high school going to IHOP mm-hmm. shows and you're all in your stage makeup and you're like singing. Yeah. Like I, there's been a hundred percent. I think like JJ Newman on TikTok, he'll make videos about that. It's like POV, you're the waiter at IHOP after. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so real. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like just like not even caring because like we not care at all about that. Mm-hmm. We're that age, so. Well, and when you're so tired after a show, you're kind of just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get my my frozen dinner and I'm gonna go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one knows me. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's also I will one more thing I will say about Brian that has also like. I am very type A and I'm very like a clean freak. Um, but doing outdoor theater makes you kind of chill out and <laughs> not be so much of a clean freak. Be a little sweaty and like dirty. Yeah. And we do perform in rain. And so like learning to like not fear the rain is also like a thing. But like now I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just wet. It's fine. And then later you just have to go dry your clothes and it's going to be fine. Like it's not That's a big fine. deal. Yeah, but we have like um they put like a a buffer thing around the mic so it doesn't mm-hmm. get wet. And then you know, you know the trick that they put the condom around the box. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> we do all those. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just yeah, I would say the biggest thing is make sure you go out and like do things that are not theater related when you're Especially in a new town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so fun. The rehearsals are so short because you, you come in off book, you know, to the first rehearsal. That's a concept, too, mm-hmm. that, like, I feel like a lot of people don't know is, like, that you have to come in off book. That's just – that's etiquette. That's just, like, being prepared. I don't know. Um but it is interesting to see like that one person every once in a while who like isn't ready and isn't prepared. Um, then you come off, come in off book and you have like anywhere from like three rehearsal days to maybe a week and then you have a show. So it's a really quick process. I love a quick process though. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's something that we all got to experience in college was coming in off book. Yep. I mean, for All Shook Up, we came in with our music learned. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's so... And it made everything so much easier. Yeah. And so when you come in prepared like that, you can just have fun. You don't have to worry about this whole other beast of memorizing and worrying about that. You just come in and start playing. Yeah. It's definitely... You get a lot more done when you're everybody's prepared. Mm-hmm. I agree. Before we end, what do you see yourself doing within the next few years? What do you hope for? Um, I would (laughs) like to keep working with BCE. I mean, it's the reason I keep doing shows with them is because it's my favorite company. Mm -hmm. Like I would pick them over 
pretty much anybody else because I love the team that he has, the actors that I've worked with, the whole the whole setup. This like the audiences that we have, how fast everything goes. Um, it works the way that my brain works, and so it all makes sense, and it's all very organized, and I like that. Um, so I would definitely want to keep working with BCE if I had the chance. Um, I want to keep acting. I'm really liking this costume design thing. This is fun and new. So maybe keep doing that. Um, I don't know. That's kind of, I'm just really happy with how my life is right now. So, I mean, if it keeps going this way, I think I'll be very happy. (laughs) Um, So hopefully nothing crazy changes. Um, I think, Ryan and I are gonna, you know, try to start a family um, before I'm 30. So, got a few good years. Like, yeah, another like three years from now, probably. Um, but even then, I'm like determined. Like, you can ha- you can have a kid, pop it out, and then like, and you can keep on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm so stubborn. You guys know how stubborn I am. So, <laughs> I feel like someone tells me you can't do that. I'm like, watch me. <laughs> so I don't know I feel like the sky's the limit I'm I know I'm very blessed because I have a very supportive husband who is just like yeah okay do whatever you're gonna do and I Mm -hmm. I make money for all of these jobs and so I am helping our income enough to like where it's not like okay go get a real job (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I'm doing okay um with like all of my stuff because I have like four jobs technically you know what I mean and I'm okay with that so like nanny gross costuming and then acting so oh and then I do freelance choreography for other high schools around here too so like there's just like little bits here and there and it just comes in and (laughs) so it works out but um I don't know like maybe I'll be a teacher I don't know I don't know (laughs) Cool with whatever. If you have any ideas, send them my way. <laughs> I definitely like have both wanted to be teachers or like will be teachers. Yeah. Talked about that for sure. Thanks so much for being on our podcast, P. I'm Thank so you. you. I'm so happy for you and everything you're doing. It's really, really cool. And yeah, I'm just so excited for everything that is to come for you thank you so much yeah i'm grateful you guys had me on here this is fun it's just fun to see you guys too it's been so yeah that's like one of our favorite things about doing this is reconnecting and catching up it's just so mm-hmm. so nice so mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I, I listen to you guys every week it makes me feel like i'm having a conversations with my friends <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> <laughs> you get to listen to yourself tomorrow. It'll be easier. That's gonna be weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't like listening, but it's okay. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> that's what I sound like. I feel like that's how I am every time. Like, ooh, yikes! Self tapes. I'm always like, mm, gay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have to send it anyways. So here we go. <laughs> Isn't it funny that like anytime you do a self tape, you do like five takes 
And then, because you always limit yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't just spend hours. And then you, like, nine times out of 10, we'll pick the first take anyway. Yeah. But- yeah. <laughs> it's so real. Like, it's very intense. Yeah. Yep. Almost always. I always give myself, like, three takes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Otherwise, I do too many, and then I get in my head, and then I give up. Yeah. For and sure. the more I do it, the more I hate it. <laughs> My favorite is like singing a song and then missing a note, not hitting it. And you're like, like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say that on the podcast, but it is. Everyone knows. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you have a whole like recording on your phone or iPad of you being like. Especially if that note's at the end, because then you have to read it the whole thing. I miss you guys. Thank you for this. It was so great. It was so good to virtually see you. You too. If you're ever in Chicago, Chicagoland's pretty cool. So is Wisconsin, if uh, BCE would like to do something there. Okay. You have any questions? We should chat afterwards. Come to the Midwest. the BCE Midwest reps. So anything in the Midwest. You know, I would, I don't think I could live in the Midwest again, but I do, <laughs> I do really love the Midwest. Like it's a little, it has a little piece of my heart, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could live in Nebraska again. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I'm content where I am right now. That's good. It's like the best feeling to be content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I will say this really quickly, but I remember leaving New York and feeling so defeated because I was like, I have failed. Everyone thinks I'm a failure, but it is so healing to be like, I did that and I always wanted to do that. And that wasn't it for me. But I'm so proud of myself and so happy for where I'm at now and what I'm doing now. Because I would have never, if I stayed in New York, I would probably still be working in coffee. Like, <laughs> you know, like it wouldn't be all the opportunities and things that I've created for myself. And so it's neat to see the growth. Well, and it's like, you know that you've done it so Mm -hmm. there's no there's no longer the question of what if yeah you did it and it was that experience and now you get to choose what the rest of your life looks like yeah I feel the same way yeah when I left New York it was like devastating also we live together Plum and I live together in New York so yeah no hot water and there's there's a lot there's a lot that happened there is so much that happened. Yeah. Traumatizing. <laughs> Actually, there's, yeah, we could go into that. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, I love Chicago, so. <laughs> I have not had that experience. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, now that, I feel like you feel this way too, Jamo. like, what, now that we're back, it's like we it's just like we did that it was what it was like I'm glad I did it and there was good things that came out of it 
But now it makes me appreciate trees and it makes me appreciate the world around me a lot more now than I appreciated it before I lived there. I, I took it for granted. The sunshine so much yeah. more. Family, <laughs> like everything mm-hmm. that we have now. No, because you're like, the crazy thing for me is like, I was like, wow, I really need to be in nature. And people would be like, just go upstate. And I'm like, you have to have money to do that. Like, I can't just go upstate. Like, it doesn't work like that. So. When you only have Central Park. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I ended up spending a lot of time in Central Park because (laughs) I needed that some type of scenery. Like, the skyline is amazing. You live there and you're like, wow, I can't believe this. But. I don't know. It's a, there's a lack of oxygen. It messes with your mental health. Like I felt the same way, like having trees and nature did so much for me mentally that I didn't even, even know that I needed, you know? Yeah. It's weird. You don't know till it's not there. <laughs> like what is going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. How do I feel like this? Yeah. I wish anyone well in New York, but it's not for me. Right. And the, it, for people in New Some York, love it. it's right for them. So that's exactly. Great. I like to visit New York. I don't want to live there. Agreed. Great don't place to visit. <laughs> for the weekend? Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Living there? No, thank you. Chicago's a happy medium. I don't plan on leaving Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy you like it there. I love Chicago. Good. Like, me and my boyfriend are like, yep, we're not leaving. I love that. Plan on staying. Talking to you, Em, and you were like, Yeah, Chicago's my place. And you're there now. It's always been my place, but now it like actually is. Yeah. And it's almost been a year. Yeah. It will be a year pretty soon of living here. Yeah. Is that crazy? (laughs) That's so cool. And in my one year, I got to do a show, and yeah. That's very good. Crazy, right? Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day. I literally looked at Brandon and I was like, it's almost been a year of us just doing the damn thing. I'm just so proud of everybody. Yeah. You know, I feel like everybody's kind of figured out who they are, too. I will say, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, like being in your, I'm 27. I just turned 27. So, like being in your late 20s, the beginning of my late 20s, it's still, you know, life is still confusing, but I remember feeling so confused when I was like 22, 23, like, what am I doing? And I like don't know who I am. And just being so much more sure of who you are as a person is so refreshing. Even if you're still like figuring things out, it's, it's just so much better. It's so much better. <laughs> That was the longest Midwest goodbye. Uh, <laughs> true Midwest goodbye on brand. <laughs> just realized that I went, we just did the longest Midwest. We've been t- saying goodbye for seven minutes. <laughs> just keeps just like, get off. <laughs> like, are we going to end it now? We'll end it now, guys. We're just having some kumbaya over here. Anyway, thank you guys for having me. I love you both. Love you. Thanks so much for joining. Everyone, don't forget to follow, 
like and subscribe to the podcast and please 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 pretty please share so we can continue to grow and continue to have more guests on like paloma mm-hmm. follow paloma handle um it's at i have to look it up at paloma underscore power there you go if anyone on instagram i i do not use x i tried one time it's i just i'm not a twitter x person so you'll only find that too i I was on twitter and i like don't even go on it anymore because i still call it twitter but i do too it's okay yeah Fine. I'd rather look at pictures than words. I don't know. Yeah. Scroll on TikTok every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Follow all the things. Thanks. Share all the things. Oh, BCE. Yes. We'll talk Follow. about BCE also, too. Yeah. Follow right. Brian Cloudus Experiences. They are, it's literally Brian Cloudus Experiences. <laughs> it's all smushed together. We'll link it all below. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For anyone and if you want to come see a show go to the the link in the bio and there's probably a show near you if you're in alabama virginia texas kentucky so just an option anyways okay <laughs> thanks for listening have a great day everybody we'll see y'all talk to y'all next time bye